Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We're talking today to Simon Dykowski, who is the CEO of GSP Resources. They are a Canadian explorer who had focused on PGM, their, their Olivine project. Hasn't quite worked out the way they planned, so they've resorted to a small farm out. So we'll keep tabs on that. They have, however, identified a copper project called the Alwyn Mine Project. Again, they're going to need to raise about one to two million dollars to see them through that production phase. We talk about a lot of other uh, topics in our conversation, so do enjoy the podcast. Hello, Simon. How are you? Hey, doing well. How are you doing, Matthew? Surviving. Surviving, Simon. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> literally, literally hold up like a, a nuclear holocaust victim. Uh, but uh, doing lots of jigsaw puzzles as well with the kids, which is, which is also another reason why this thing has got to end. Um, right. <laughs> so we, uh, we caught up in December, December 10th. Um, Actually, you had quite a good run. You were like 25 cents when when that video came out. You went up to 42. It's come off a bit and obviously the market reset. You're back down at 10. But um, let's talk about what life in a normal environment could look like for you. So uh, kick off with a one minute summary to remind people you know, what you've got and we'll pick it up from there. Yeah, sounds good. So we're a southwestern BC focused exploration and development company. So when we last spoke, we'd been working on our our listing project, uh, a prospective grassroots project in southwestern British Columbia, about 35 kilometers away from the uh, Copper Mountain open pit mine in Princeton. So we did some initial scout drilling there, generated some further uh, exploration targets, had some interesting results, nothing that blew the market away. But um, you know, as we're a, a brand new company, we've only been trading for about a year and a half. Very tight capital structure with 12 million out. We're uh, you know we're building out our asset base, and uh, last fall we were poking around at other projects, and we've uh, acquired our second project now, an option to acquire a past producing copper mine, also in southwestern British Columbia, keeping in that focus a little bit further north. It's just a, uh, about. 50 kilometers outside of Kamloops, British Columbia, as a point of reference, and it's sitting in the shadows of the Highland Valley Copper Mine, which is owned by Tech Resources. And our current plan is to uh, continue working on our, our first project, the Olivine Mountain, with a partner company. Um, but our corporate focus will now shift to the Alwyn Mine Project, which is the, the new asset that we have. And, uh, you know, in a normal, as you mentioned, in a normal, obviously not in a COVID-19 world, but in a normal world, we would have been looking to start drilling sometime late summer. So the permitting process in British Columbia is a little bit uh, a little bit more onerous than in some other jurisdictions in Canada. So you know, we were expecting about a six month process, which we initiated in February. Um, so, you know, who knows, maybe by July, August, we'll be back in that normal world and we'll be on track as if nothing happened. But in the meantime, uh, Okay. Uh, we're, we're quietly working away from home. Okay, great summary. So let, let's let, let's pick that apart. Okay, so you were working on the Olivine project. You drilled, didn't get the results that necessarily you wanted, or the, or allowed the market to react. You changed business model there. You 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 farmed it out effectively. So tell us the structure of that deal. Yeah, so it's uh, it's uh, an option for the other company to form a 60-40 joint venture with us in four years, should they spend 
$250,000 on the property, pay us $250,000 and issue us some shares. So um, in the first year, it's about $75,000 in work. Um, we're the operator. So, you know, we've uh, come to an agreement that we'll, you know, we'll do some, some, um, some more ground level surveys and refine some drill targets before we decide if we want to go in and, and drill test some of the other targets that we didn't test in the last program uh, at, or some new ones that we come up with. Okay, so, you, so it's, it's a modest, it's a modest option. It's a, it's a modest option, and what what are they or you going to be able to do with that money? In reality, would you? Well, um, I think we'll be. We have a, it's about a three thousand hectare land package, and when we spotted our initial drill targets, we only soil sampled about uh, a third of the property, and our drilling did encounter some low grade copper mineralization to the north. So our team. Um, was recommending that we expand and tighten up the grid up to the north near the, uh, it's called the ASP-14 showing, where we did encounter uh, a narrow copper vein to see uh, if that carries uh, for any distance to see if that would be worth drill testing again. And then in the south, we actually have identified a palladium anomaly in the soils um, a little bit further down to the south of the grid. So um, a few more lines of geochem analysis should help us determine if that's worth the risk of spending um, yeah, drilling dollars at, you know, around $175 a meter. So it'll get us, it'll actually get us quite a bit of information that will, should help us decide if, uh, if it's worthwhile to drill again. Right. Okay. And what do they hope to get out of it? Did they, sorry, did they have more money behind them than that? Or are they also operating on quite tight budgets? Uh, they're, you know, they're a well-financed group. Um, you know, this, this company has, uh, yeah, I think it has sufficient money to go through the first year of the option. And it is a palladium target, so I think that's what's interested them. So, mm. you know, we, we, we want some more data to be certain. But um, from the work that we did on our listing in 2018, there's a, there's a definite palladium anomaly that kicks up in the soils in the south part of the property. So um, I think, you know, with the uptick in palladium, I think even today it's trading over US 2000 an ounce. That's what's interested people to to look in um you know in british columbia i think is still considered a you know maybe it's not top 10 jurisdiction but it's certainly a tier one jurisdiction so um you know there's some appeal there and, and the ease of financing projects in british columbia i think is also appealing and i don't know if your viewers are familiar with this but there's uh, you know as with many mineral and, and energy exploration projects in the world there's some very healthy tax incentives to uh, to fund um exploration in british columbia particularly for residents of bc so um, that's one of the reasons that you see so so much exploration activity in british columbia even when the markets are a little bit softer so right. i think that all made sense and it made sense for us and we actually did this deal after we picked up our um our new project as well okay no no i, I we get, didn't want to sit i, I get that I, what i'm trying to help our viewers understand is the thinking for you know teams like yourself go through to say we tried this didn't work we're, we're going to do this farm out model but then you got to be careful about who you pick but like you say palladium's hot right and the brokers go nuts and they're ringing they ring you up and go anyone got a palladium project if that's the hot thing of the day to be able to go and raise some money off the back of so what kind of diligence did you do with this group not just in terms of understanding do they have the cash immediate immediately available to progress this but actually we're serious about mining this it's a it's a very well-known group that's you know they're not uh, fly-by-night promoters they you know they've had a series of junior exploration companies um, run out of Vancouver so 
um, you know, I've had knowledge for several years and um, it, it all checked out. Right. Okay. It's not just a fundraising exercise. You know, you know, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, it's not a lot of money either. It's just, you know, whether they see it through or not um, isn't really a huge concern for me. I mean, I, uh, we'd love them to, it'd be a great investment in the property, but getting dr new drill targets um, with a partner funding them would be, would be great for us either way. Um, and I should note that we spent, you know, three to $400,000, I'm not sure the exact number on our drill program and our exploration efforts to date. So that's put our property in good standing now for nearly 10 years, which is the maximum in British Columbia. So we don't have to spend another dime now until 2028 um, and we'll keep control of the claim. So, you know, I think it just made sense at the time um, to have somebody else come in and we're very pleased that they were interested in the project. Okay. Well, let's, let's see how, I mean, I hope that works out works out well for you and it's not a promote scenario um but no it's not that's not for the shareholders that's just an internal you know a, an internal thing that we did to not waste a, what we think is a valuable project still okay and you think that the palladium obviously has been it's been hot for a few months um i don't know where it is in the cycle i don't know enough about palladium to sort of comment on that you think that they're going to have time to actually you, keep the market interested about this palladium story or potential palladium story it, it's a very it's a very inexpensive call option to keep you know if it does continue to be of interest great if it if the interest wanes and, and picks up in a few years we're still going to have the property so you don't care that's how i'm looking <laughs> right okay no no yeah. um okay you retain the data the data is yours well we're the operator we retain the data we retain if they don't exercise the option you know, we keep it. If they do, if they have success, then we still have forty percent. So I, I didn't see it as a yeah a okay. huge gamble on our part. Fair enough. Let's talk about um, All Wind Mine Project, the new new project. That's copper. A bit more excited. A bit more excited by that, are you? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, you know, it, it's a, a bit more of an advanced project. I mean, it has had production um, in in the last century. It had three. Uh, eras of production and it was actually the first mine to, to be mined in the Highland Valley um, around the 1890s was when first production happened there and and the old timers were mining high-grade copper out of veins from surface um, and that operation became a little bit more sophisticated in the 60s when a, an underground mine was constructed and operated for a few years in the early 70s um, shut down due to low copper prices reopened in the early 80s and then shut again and then has been worked on in the mid 90s and then again shut down by low copper prices um but we have you know through all the work that previous operators have done we enjoy you know a, a wealth of um historical data that they didn't have access to so you know i've taken possession of uh of all the they're, they're all paper-based which is interesting but um you know boxes and boxes of drill core um engineering studies uh, geophysical studies from all previous operators so we're in the process right now of digitizing all of those uh, putting them into a model and uh you know our game plan is not to reopen the the you know the old smaller high-grade underground copper mine but we're we're looking to drill deeper and some of our consultants and you know past operators have suggested that you know we might be potentially sitting on top of a, a larger porphyry um, and to date nobody's drilled deeper than around 200 meters uh, uh, below surface on our claims 
um, looking for that porphyry target. So that's our goal is to do a, a deep hole or two this summer. And then, uh, you know, to reconfirm some of the drilling um, in, the, in the old high grade zone to see if that could have uh, some larger tonnage potential at perhaps a lower cutoff grade. Um, looking at it from maybe an open pit perspective, whereas previous operators have been drilling high grade underground, um, you know, very small scale mining around 500 to 700 tons per day. Right. And to do that, you're going to need money. Where's the money coming yeah. from? Yeah, the money. So the money, uh, you know, I'd say we have enough money in the treasury right now. We have, you know, it's it's not going to sound like a lot, but we have nearly 300,000. Um, we could certainly start our drilling operations, uh, you know, should we get permitted on time with that. And then, um, you know, the cost for us to drill core drilling is it's around one hundred and seventy five dollars a meter where we're located. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it would likely necess- necessitate a small equity raise. But I think we're in, um, you know, we're well positioned with our share structure, which uh, it's only twelve million outstanding completely right now. Um, but the, the free floats, the actual shares that are that are out there in the market, there's only about five point eight million. So, you know, those are. Those are uh, unique features to our capital structure that you know, other companies uh, maybe don't enjoy. So, you know, if we do have to go and raise another one to two hundred thousand um, dollars, you know, we'll we'll likely be able to do that. You think- and if not, you know, if we can't raise money to do that, then I think the whole world's in big trouble because uh, it's a pretty, you know, in my estimation, it's a fairly low risk drill drill shot um, for a company that's structured like this. But you would you would have said that about your first project, wouldn't you? said what that is fairly low risk low cost yeah i mean it's low risk in terms of the capital structure i mean it's not you know granted that one was a higher risk from an exploration perspective grassroots you know scout drilling absolutely that's higher risk but what i'm saying is it's not the kind of project where you needed to spend you know a million dollars to get a really good look at it right we were able to get in there for you know i think the the entire drill budget last fall um, not the entire history of work but was it was around 200,000 so yeah I mean it's not an insignificant sum but it's not you know it's not like operating in a remote part of the world where you're you know using helicopters and um, building remote camps and and spending many months in the field Um, that you know that was my my point on it being lower risk than other uh, lower lower like a lower funding risk I suppose it's a better way to, to put that right okay um, I'm just trying to get, get an idea of your thinking here. Like, so would you, hindsight's a wonderful thing. We love hindsight, right? So hindsight, would you, yeah. would, should you have gone for the farm out model first time around? Or do you think that the excitement of the potential? Sorry, I, I didn't catch that. Which model? Your, your model, like what your business model with, with um, Olivine, you know, do you think you should have gone for the farm out model day one? rather than try to kind of score big yourselves? Uh, you know what? No, I, I, you know, with hindsight, it would be easy to say, you know, I don't think we should have done that. But um, I, I don't, you know, I don't think I would have done anything differently. Um, just because, you know, the, the way the company was listed, um, you know, we, we were obligated to work on the property that we listed on. And we were, you know, ge- genuinely impressed with the results that we saw um, through the initial phases. I mean, the property had never been drilled before. Um, you know, last time we were chatting, I mentioned how, uh, you know, the, the region is a prolific uh, PGM region, one of the few in the world. And, you know, the, one of the creeks that hosted 
several thousand ounces of alluvial platinum in it, you know, it does run through the headwaters are still on our property. So, you know, perhaps we didn't drill in the right area, but that, you know, that story is still intact. And uh, no, I wouldn't have, um, I, I wouldn't have done anything differently. Like, you know, obviously in hindsight, looking at the stock running ahead of itself, I mean, I think that was more of a function of the, the low float more than anything. I mean, it's uh, like I mentioned, it's 5.89 million in the free float now. Um, and back then it was less than that. So some more shares have come out to the market, but you know, you get a story out there like that. I don't think it matters what it is. If it's in the right mining market with not a lot of shares out against it, it's going to run. Um, so, you know, I, I wouldn't have done anything different. Um, had this property been available last year, perhaps, you know, we would have got it earlier, but it wasn't. Um, and I've had my eye on it for a while. And the reason that we had to wait to get it was because it was, um, yeah, it was a consolidation of of claims uh, that our, okay. our vendor was working so on. So help me understand. Yeah. Help me understand what you've got with this copper asset because I think corporate structure is important. Low share count is important. Not so low that there's not a lot of free trading stock uh, or that it's not very liquid. Yeah. But the what you fundamentally need is a really good solid asset with a solid project plan as to how you're going to share or show the market that you can create value around this asset. So tell us a little bit more about it. it as you say, it's a kind of postage stamp type um, plot with surrounded by all the right names, but how do you take it from high potential and actually deliver? Yeah, that's a very good question. So, you know, that's what we're gonna hopefully accomplish in our phase one drill program this summer. Um, you know, the uh, there's two there's really two aspects to the property that we like. We like the high grade copper zone that has historically been mined. Um, and we've noticed that previous operators had not, you know, they hadn't assayed all the core from surface. They hadn't considered it to be um, a smaller scale open pit operation. So, you know, we do know that there there is a lot of high grade uh, tonnage left there. Um, we have the, you know, the ore blocks from the old engineering studies that we can confirm that they haven't been mined out. So, you know, we're going to modestly invest into a few drill holes into that high grade zone um, to try to build a new resource model there that could suggest, you know, good economics, even at a small scale as an open pit. So that's kind of plan A. And then the plan B, as I mentioned before, was to drill these deeper porphyry targets. So, you know, I mentioned that we're in the neighbor in the neighborhood of good names. Well, we're a little bit closer than that. It's kind of like a townhouse being next to another townhouse. We're within one and a half kilometers of the western pit wall of uh, of 160,000 ton per day uh, porphyry copper mine. So I think, you know, and this is a little bit down the road, but you know, if we do have success um, drilling a deeper target, and and you know, if we're lucky enough to get possibly the extension of that, then that could open up. Uh, some value for our shareholders, right? Um, what so does that mean? Plan one B. What was that mean? Well, I mean, mean, if someone we, comes in from next door and says, "Actually, slightly inconvenient to have you here. We'll take you out." Is that is that the plan? I, I you know, I don't, I don't know about that, but at least you know, if you get a poor free intersection, um, a lot of people will will. Um, it, it, they're very expensive mines to build. You know, massive capex, billions of dollars, and there's you know, British Columbia is kind of notorious for this. There's a lot of interesting low grade hits of copper and gold, but you know, the market is dismissive of them because it's very unlikely that they would get constructed. Um, 
as Greenfield's projects, but I would, you know, consider ours. And we don't have we don't have the result yet, but let's say our drilling yields some success. Um, it would be more of a brownfields project, so I think we'd get re-rated for that. Um, and you know, obviously, I can't really speak for what any of other companies' strategy would be, but I'm sure they would look at it um, at that point. Well, that's the, that's you see, that's what interests me is if if you're setting yourself up for that, and this is the first of you know this this type of model because you're not going to have a big capex build out on a on a be honest, relatively small asset like this, it, it would it would not make sense to laden the company with, with debt or, quite frankly, dilution. It really is a target for someone else, but you've got to set yourself up for that. Do you guys know what you're doing in terms of being able to do that? Yeah, I, I believe so. And I mean, since we last spoke, we have added a, a porphyry expert to our advisory board. So, um, you know, a gentleman by the name of Greg Dawson, who has been uh, you know, he's a career geologist who's, you know, worked on a lot of porphyry discoveries. And um, so he's, you know, he's now associated with our company on the advisory board and he's he's going to help uh, help us through our um, our project. We've engaged an economic geologist as well, who's who's modeling up the uh, historical data. So, you know, we've really bolstered the technical team. Um, and yeah, I mean, in terms of uh, building a mine ourselves, you know, not not at this point, but um, you know, it, it really depends on what we get out of this drill program. And, you know, it's uh, if we do get some high grade near surface copper mineralization, then, you know, we can certainly look at uh, our options with that as well. So that's kind of there's two outs on it, right? You know, we could have a good a good high grade hit and show there's more tonnage in the historical zone. Or if we connect the two and, and have, you know, uh, some some meaningful low grade um, at depth, then and I think uh, you know we're well positioned to, to work on that as well. Yeah, well, the, the, this is what I'm trying to get at with companies, and you know, especially you know, small companies like yourself. You know, you you know, just over a million Canadian, aren't you? You've got not a lot of cash. You're, you feel you can go and raise a million to two million bucks, which which is which would be great, and your corporate structure is good. But I want real realistic conversations about the the real outs. You know, not the hopes and the dreams and the and you know, selling it big, but it's nothing wrong with being a project finder, project generator, project you know developer, and and be known for that. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a great business model. Uh, it works. You can generate a huge amount of value. But I you know I want you or you know people I talk to to explain to me, investor, and all of these people watching it what's what you're trying to do. Do you know what? Do you acknowledge that? And if so. You know what's this kind of plan to move move forward? Because I imagine if that was the case, then you, you probably want to yeah, yeah, align totally. these things, right? So, t- talk to me about that. Yeah. So, I mean, we're you know we're cognizant of where you know what we're trying to do in the context of our valuation and our expertise and our capabilities. So, um, you know, it's really one step at a time for us, right? We've acquired a project. Um, you know, if the full option is exercised, you know, I think we struck the deal out of when our share price was around 15 or 20 cents. So, you know, all told, it's about a million dollars to acquire the project um, using that valuation for the shares that we issue and the cash that we pay. Um, if we can turn around and make it worth five or $10 million, then I think that would be a big win for a small company like ours. Um, and, you know, conversely, there's, uh, it, it represents good optionality, right? So I, I don't want to sit here and tell you that I'm going to engineer a plan to ship ore from our project to 
a nearby mill. But maybe I should point out that there are two nearby mills within a 45 minute drive of our asset that aren't part of the Tech Highland Valley complex. There's the new Afton mine in Kamloops and there's the Craigmont mill in uh, in Merritt, BC, which are, you know, within a 45 minute drive and, you know, could potentially uh, mill the material on our property. And not saying that we would do that, but perhaps somebody else might be interested in that. And there's precedent for that because uh, there is one of the previous operators on our project a company in the mid nineties. Um, they had a, a toll milling agreement with the, uh, the Afton mine. And the reason that they actually walked away from the Alwyn mine was because the names are similar here, but the Afton mine temporarily shut due to low copper prices in 1995. So, you know, they had no agreement anymore. Um, so it's interesting how, um, Alwyn Afton have that connection, um, so yeah, I mean, there's certainly other other players that could be interested, or or you know, there's a a number of different ways to skin the cat. I guess is what I'm trying to say on this one. Um, but our job for this year is to drill those holes and see what we have, and to market the story, and then to decide with the new information um, that we obtain, you know, what the best course of action is for our shareholders to make uh, to make money. Great. Okay, that makes sense to me. Um, the team you've taken you mentioned a few new names there um porphyry expert your old man still involved with this he is yep and he's actually worked on this project before so that's how uh how we've uh that's how we identified it but they when he had it about 15 years ago and um it's interesting uh you know you, you know you never know what you get until you get the assays back but they did drill it uh 15 years ago or 2007 so 13 years ago and uh, they had some very impressive numbers, actually. They they uh, they did encounter some high-grade copper in some of the uh, the diamond holes that they put down. Um, so you know, again, we've got some interest in following up on that as well. So there's a good there's a good kind of knowledge of the project um, within the family. Good, 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 good. Okay. Well, I guess you're looking forward to working out what you've got in there. You got to raise some money first. Go work out what you've got. Try and understand you know back of an envelope type economics to this but um that's exciting wish i wish you well yeah thank you yeah we're very excited we're looking forward to the covid crisis um subsiding and everybody getting back to back to normal and uh, hopefully that times well with uh permitting for us well i hope so i mean stay in touch let us know how you're getting on i, I like this sort of development of this it's a it's a you know potentially if you're able to identify more assets um it could become very interesting uh, indeed well look, thanks for your time have a great weekend i know you've got a full day ahead of you now uh i'm literally yeah. raring into the weekend uh, about two minutes after i hang up from you so uh good to speak to you and i'll see you again soon great thanks very much for the time and have a great weekend as well Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.